0: Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy, I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, um, I'm going to consult the description that you gave me, because you do a lot of things. Um, Thank you, I do. So, we've got B. Brolic uh, in the house, and... uh, B is a disabled, non-binary, fat femme writer, spoken word performer, former sword swallower.
1: two facts.
0: Reproductive rights and disability justice activist, intersectional feminist, bringer of the dance party, karaoke enthusiast, freak bike welder, tattooed woo-woo witchy Jew, <laughs> grief doula. Did I say Me? that right? You did. Oh, good. Long time <laughs> River West resident and one awkward human A.K.A. dj For Loca. B, welcome to the show
1: Thank you for having me I just basically had to like You know, strong arm you to do this, not really but Oh,
0: not at all, actually shout out Dandy Yes, Because seriously. Dandy uh, tagged you in uh, Or she tagged me, I think
1: <laughs> She did, because I, I posted this thing Also I have no nails, so I have to open my Forloco loco yeah. With my keys That's how cool it was to be me
0: <laughs> Cheers
1: Shabbat Shalom Shabbat Shalom Mm. Uh, yes, I, I posted this thing on the internet and said I want to talk about reproductive rights and disability justice on someone's podcast Get in touch with me And then Dandy tagged you Yes And that's why I'm here
0: And here we are And I'm excited to finally like sit and get to know you
1: I'm excited to be here and also like get to know you I mean, You mean, ask questions too, you know Yeah <laughs>
0: I appreciate it. No, I'm like, I love, especially because you, I love like, um, bringing people on the show that just have, uh, such, um, horizons with passion. You know, you have a lot of things that you're clearly passionate about. You have a lot of things that you identify as, um, or just, uh, subjects you're well versed about. And, um, specifically with disability justice, uh, ableism, one of the least talked about issues. Uh, in our, no one
1: wants to talk about no it. No one. Makes people so uncomfortable.
0: And, and honestly, but those are the ones that are usually the the most overlooked ones that we need to talk yep, about. Exactly. So we're gonna get into that. Um, I, I yeah, I had my friend Reyna uh, on the show. Uh, she's uh, she has muscular atrophy. Um, she's in a wheelchair, and um, she was like the first on the show to like really talk about ableism. But it comes in many forms. It really does. Um, not only physical, but also mental, Mm -hmm. um, also, you know, just, uh, genetic, all kinds.
1: There's even this whole idea, I think about like classism in terms of ableism and like being have or have not and how that really affects people too. So ableism, it's not just our bodies. It's not just our brains. It's really how society really fucks us over. Yeah. Yeah. As, like, the, like, dualistic, nuanced humans that we are. So, thanks, society. You suck.
0: For real. Um, yeah, so, what we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear through our passionate and creative minds. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, I first met, we were Facebook friends. We were. Uh, for some time. Uh, and then, like, I met you in person at High Dive. You did? At karaoke. At karaoke. Yeah. Uh, so you're a frequent flyer over there. Yes? i
1: um, I like to say that I have been going to that bar since it was, I think it was called Tony's Place.
0: Tony's Place.
1: So I moved to Milwaukee in 2001 to go to UWM. Okay. Uh, but I found out that I'm not really good at, like, school. I mean, I'm smart. But I don't like applying myself, and it was the first time out of my mom's house. So I'm like, I'm gonna do whatever I want. And all of a sudden, there was like this cafe called Fuel Cafe, and I was like spending all of my time there and like making friends there and making friends with people who were older than me who could get me into bars, Mm -hmm. such as this one bar that was on the corner of Center and Pierce. And as far as I remember, it was called Tony's Place. If anyone who's like my age or older (laughs) uh, watching, let me know if I'm right um but it later became um river horse and then it became river horse again or as i called it river horse 2 electric boogaloo nice. and then it was in impala lounge and now it's the wonderful wonderful home away from home high dive i love high Dive. i love high dive shout out to connor i love connor i love connor i love uh jason mcbrady yeah and jason um pretty much like
0: love the platinum boys the p- great dudes
1: doggies (laughs) yeah doggies i feel so lucky to be so close to a hub of like river west community and celebrity Mm -hmm. there's so many awesome like like i will still i will still fan person there like when i like see people Mm -hmm. and like i've known so many of you for forever right but it's I mean it really is home away from home and now that I'm working like full-time I don't go there as often because I'm finally an adult at 36. Wow, Um, congratulations. Thank you We'll see how long this lasts. No, I'm kidding. I'm really happy, but um, yeah, hi, Doug I was so happy to like meet you in person and like I feel really comfortable talking to you like you have a really open like Oh God! Woo woo, Aura! Here we go! <laughs> uh, but no, I felt really comfortable talking with you. And actually, I first um, saw you comment on something on it was Laurel sulfates. Oh, oh yeah! Shout out to loves. Laurel. Laurel is also awesome. Laurel. I've known her forever. She's so
0: lovely. I'm, I she was here a couple weeks ago.
1: Oh, that's awesome! I yeah. couldn't find that episode.
0: She I haven't posted yet. Oh well, yet.
1: surprise! Everyone's in for a treat because she's yeah. just. A treasure. Yeah, her band is great as well. Um, I remember her old band too, uh, Didank. They oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So
0: uh, mutual friends on Laurel. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, and then I found out you're Jewish, and I'm like, oh fuck yeah.
1: But <laughs> technically, as I as I often mention, um, I'm a lox and bagel Jew. So. There's not a lot of dogma and an awful lot of... I'm basically a Larry David character come to life, as is my family, <laughs> yeah. where no one really even identifies as the idea of being Jewish, but being neurotic. It's yeah. like the tie that binds us. Yeah. But when I really started getting into the idea of being more spiritual, that is exactly where I gravitated towards, because... It felt like home, mm-hmm. um, even though if you look at us, it's not. Um, and also, if you look at me, hi. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm tattooed. I don't speak Hebrew. I was never bat mitzvahed. Um, There's a lot about me that is very not part of the diaspora. But then there's also a part of me that is very connected to this idea. I really like the idea that it's more important what we do on this earth. Than it is to get into this like idealistic afterlife Mm -hmm. that seems to be a really big part of Christianity.
0: Yeah.
1: And the only big part, and I'm not trying to talk shit about like Christianity or any other religion, it's just more what I felt drawn to. For sure. um, Yeah. As you know, the uh, woo woo tattooed witchy Jew that I am. Right. And I mean, for the most part, like, a lot of Jewish people, I'm also kind of atheist, there's more of this idea, and it goes back to community, I was telling Mm -hmm. you about that earlier, like, I like the idea of being around people who are like-minded and working towards a greater good, Yeah, and I see that a lot, especially within, like, anti-Zionist Jewish movements, or, like, being like pro-Palestine or like
0: JVP. Yes. Yeah. I, I have a if lot not now. Yeah.
1: I have a lot of feelings about that, but also I'm not super versed. I kind of keep a lot of my spiritual self to myself. But also my nickname is Bubby. <laughs> so nice. cause I'm like the old person in the neighborhood now. Yeah. And most of my friends are younger than me. So I'm your Bubby. If you need anything I'm punk rock Bubby Bubby. I will I will I will answer your questions about you know, how to make a really good vegan curry, or... Fabulous. How, vegan or curry. Vegan curry. Fair or nice. how to, like, you know, get, like, a crappy, like, white punk out of, like, your hair. I don't know. <laughs> nice. And I love crappy black punks. I, yeah. I've dated them for a while. Right, so. there you go. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I
0: I, uh, I sympathize with your identification with Judaism, because I'm also, like... My parents are... Like, my mom is Jewish, my mm-hmm. dad's not. But... I was raised very minimally, Mm -hmm. like, surface-level Judaism. Like, I mean, we we celebrated, like, Hanukkah, the Seder, like, the holidays, and, like, I went to a Jewish preschool, but it was very, very secular. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm very, very secular humanist, very agnostic. I believe that, uh, like, the dogmatic principles of any religion Mm -hmm. just, you know, just never it was never imposed on me mm-hmm. and I also just never felt like it would bring me any closer to like a spirituality yep. it's just a matter of what goodness you bring not only to um, the rest of the world but mm-hmm. also to yourself, yourself. Um, yep. which we lose sight of um, quite uh, quite instantaneously so in that sense like I believe in the principles Would I, I align with the Jewish principles of you know like of community. I'm also questioning. Mm-hmm. That, yes. You know, and uh, as Jews, like, as, like, um, you know, that's something that kind of like a benefit of, of the Jewish faith is that we're encouraged to ask questions.
1: I feel like we're one of the only monotheistic um, religions that really embraces that. Yeah. I feel like it, it can also be found in um, Islam, especially because it really is a scholarly religion. Here I am about to talk shit about Christianity. I swear I don't care. But also, I just feel like, especially with everything that's going on, with this like faux idea of being a good Christian, especially with who's in office and like all the things that like politicians do in the name of like this weird Christian God mm-hmm. to take away rights from people right. because of. A thing that really is very esoteric yeah y'all don't know <laughs>
0: right yeah and and the thing is it's like you know that and people can do that like be fundamentalists in any religion really, like oh they uh, certainly es- can especially in Judaism yeah. as when we talk about. A lot of Zionists, yeah. Like, uh, and like, we don't even have to get into that. Cause I,
1: pro- I, I, it's 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 Friday night. it's, yeah,
0: it's Friday. Night. I can't do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long week. But there's yeah, there's this fundamentalism that I be- I firmly believe is just people that are misguided, mm-hmm. misinterpretive, that believe that you know they have some kind of um, that their belief set is you know superior to another's and that you know, they feel inclined to impose that as, as a sense of power. Uh, it really is. Uh, it's it's powers, disgusting.
1: Yeah, but power is a really good way to, to, like, I mean, yeah, that that kind of flabbergasted me. Like, that makes sense. And I've thought about it, but I've never put it into words like that. It really is, it's all about power structure. Power, it's yeah. just like anything else that is, like, Really counterproductive to society, just like capitalism <laughs> all, capitalism's all power, you know the more the more mm-hmm.
0: classes we're divided under, the easier it is to control us and uh, the and that's also why we live under such a label culture
1: where mm-hmm. we're,
0: where we like to label everything and everyone
1: well, yeah, we have to because that's how we just keep the wheel turning,
0: yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, and 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 I think that a lot of that that dynamic that exists within you know, uh, capitalistic uh, enterprise is that sense of power over the market, power mm-hmm. over others, power over consumers, power over the workers. Because you can't have mm-hmm. it without ex- exploitation to some degree. And you know I think that. We just have, it's it's so, it's all intertwined. You yeah. know, I, I think that just society in general, like, since civilization has, like, you know, as it's evolved, as we have come a long way since, you know, our primitive days, like, it is still, like, you know, we, I think that we just are raised in such a, like, power-hungry, like, self-fulfilling narrative of, like, mm. what the world should be.
1: I mean, truthfully, I blame toxic masculinity.
0: Oh, that that's a huge part <laughs> well, of that. I mean, you know... <laughs> toxic masculinity is, like, that... If what? only people realized how much toxic masculinity mm. plays into all of that. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I saw something on the internet. I don't remember. It was, like, a screen capture from a Twitter post about, like, shit. I'm not gonna remember. It was basically this extent of you know when are men going to realize that like shit i don't even remember how it was but basically it was this equation to toxic masculinity being to how men treat women how men keep women down and how it relates to the larger society mm-hmm. capitalism etc and I really wish I would have taken a screenshot of the screenshot, so I would have been better prepared. But there's also four loco in my hand. Four locos. I, I can't be held responsible for not taking that screenshot. That's
0: okay. Also, I'd like to acknowledge you are the first person to bring <laughs> four locos onto Mister Nice Guy.
1: So. I
0: I am so sorry. No, I'm uh, I'm uh, quite uh, honored. Actually, I haven't had these in a very long time. Um... But they're horrible. They I are... Know. That, I know. They are pretty trash, but they, I mean... They are, but, but it, I'm also a trash human, so I had to...
1: I couldn't find Melort. That was my initial oh, that's plan. Oh, okay.
0: it's, it's not Sunday morning, sadly. So that's otherwise, Melort. <laughs> Malort is easy, like,
1: Sunday morning. Yeah. Just ask any of my friends in Chicago. Right.
0: <laughs> oh, right. Um, so, um... I want to... So, you... you uh, I, so, uh, as we specified prior... Mm-hmm. Um, Disability rights are like we're we're starting to get into that a little bit earlier Mm -hmm. with talking about ableism So I guess like what uh, I guess if you don't mind like sharing I I don't (laughs) what your experience with, you know, disability um, Oppression.
1: Yeah, no, um, so I live with multiple disabilities Um, I have some mental health issues. I have some physical health issues and, um, when I was a kid, uh, at, like 14, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, but I had like a really healthy body. So I had a brain that was not treating me well. And, uh, even with meds, it was really hard to control. I think as I've aged, I've really gotten lucky that I could be on barely any psych meds, but that was my first experience into being different than like my peers. Yeah. And also feeling like this weird pull to normalize what isn't normal but was normal for me. And really, it it is normal, but it was like this. It's really weird when you think that everyone else around you is having these crazy-ass racing thoughts and you're the only one that can't control them. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out, no, everyone is not having these crazy-ass racing thoughts and you can't control them because your brain, the chemistry is off. Um So I spent from age 14 until shit, like 30, um, really only being like mentally ill. Like I had like some health issues, but a lot of it was just like, I have big tits, my back hurts, or just something like that would pass. Oh, I really bad menstrual cramps. Oh, it's endometriosis. But um, as I aged, I started having a lot of really intense physical pain that I had never experienced. And I, I'm, I'm a big person, I, I've always been fat. Uh, I think some of it's psych meds, some of it's just um, physiology, who I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But I was always super active, whether it was biking, going to Mad Planet every weekend. Walking everywhere when I wasn't biking, like I haven't had a car since 2005. I gave my car up uh, to be a winter cyclist. Wow. <laughs> that went poorly, but uh, it was cool. That's but, something. Literally, it was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but when I hit 30, I started having, I guess, the other way I can describe it is like suddenly weird joint pain. I couldn't really put my finger on what it was. Was it aging? I don't know. Um, And it was really starting to like cut into my job. Um, I was working at Planned Parenthood. I had been there for, I don't even remember how many years at that point five, maybe longer. Um, And I was calling in more and more. Um, I was having like really bad issues with attendance. And I couldn't put my finger around what was going on, because in every other way I was taking care of myself, says the person drinking for Logo. But for real, I was. Um, I have a pretty clean diet. I was vegan for 10 years. I wasn't at this point, but like I cook most of my yeah. own food. I don't order out. Um, as I said, I like biking, walking, dancing. Right. And all of a sudden... A lot of holistic I, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. all of a sudden, I was in all this fucking pain, and I, there was no rhyme or reason for it. And no one took me seriously, because it was like, it's all in your head, which I think is what people tell a lot of women, assigned female at birth people, femmes, anyone who is not pretty much a cis dude, you're going to hear, it's all in your head. Um, And I was getting that a lot. I was getting that from even doctors, because I also, with that history of being bipolar, Oh, they're just a drama queen oh they're just making it up oh they're just a hypochondriac no shit's going on I don't know what it is Um, and it took another four years to get diagnosed Uh, and I still think the diagnosis is wrong it doesn't matter what diagnosis is I'm diagnosed with fibromyalgia which is a Basically, my nerves are crazy. They love overreacting to everything. They are drama queens just like me. Sure. Um, I still think that's wrong. I grew up playing in fields in central Wisconsin at my grandparents' tree farm. I think it's Lyme disease. I'll get into this later. And Lyme disease has a fucked up history, too. But all of a sudden, it went from being able to walk everywhere, bike everywhere, dance. I can't do any of that shit anymore. And on top of that, um... I Also, this is a more recent thing, but also a distant past thing. I weld freak bikes. Um, I, I Don't ride tall bikes. I've ridden a tall bike once and it scared the shit out of me
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> But um Like my culture was really important to me and like I have a small tall her name is too stressed to be blessed <laughs> And my, what is a
0: freak bike? So like? a
1: freak bike it's um it, I don't remember Who or where it started, but there is a freak bike club in Minneapolis called black label and basically they make like double-decker bikes and other kind of like Bikes from different like Franken bikes almost sure Um, So like you might have seen like tall bikes around where it's like two adult frames welded together or I have a small tall so it is a BMX and a small adult's bike. I'm 6'1", so it fits me perfectly. Nice. Or you can, like, have... There's a wide array of how you can do stuff, and it turns out that my now partner um, was doing that stuff too, so it's like a small world of, like, punk kids welding weird, like, dumpstered bike parts together. And I love bikes. Like, my dad biked. I grew up biking, and to suddenly not be able to use my legs the right way... And realizing also that my culture is extremely ableist and not having ever paid attention to that before. It really fucked with me. And it fucked with me in this idea that I know the world is completely ableist. But that even I, as suddenly a disabled person, had been that ableist asshole. It's a rude awakening when you realize you're just as bad as the people that you're angry at. And they're not bad people either. We're all just getting through life trying to figure out how to survive under late-stage capitalism, racism, sexism, classism, trauma, greed, etc. Yeah. But also, I'm doing it, and suddenly I can't use my legs. That sucks. Yeah. Um, and I'm not trying to, like, do a pity party for myself, either. I'm also super loud. God damn it, I am so Wisconsin. Hey, that's okay. You know, um, we're... <laughs> um, we're here for it. You know? Thank you. But... <laughs> Yeah, it's when I really started thinking about, truly, what it means to be disabled is when I read this book called uh, Dirty River, A Queer Femme of Color Dreaming Her Way Home by Lea Lakshmi Pipsiana Samaharasina, I apologize if I said her name wrong, she's amazing. She is a queer femme Sri Lankan. From the East Coast, but also by way of Toronto, which also has the largest Sri Lankan uh, diaspora population in the world. True. Uh, and she wrote this awesome book about what it means to be like disabled and a queer femme and a survivor of like abuse and violence and capitalism. And I was working at CapTel at that time, and I was like fucking up, not taking calls, so I could finish this book. Um, because it really spoke to me, this whole idea of my experience is unique, but it's also universal because other people are feeling it too. What are we gonna do about it? And that's really when I got obsessed with this idea of disability justice, uh, which is different from disability rights. Disability rights is like a super duper and. I'm white, I know, uh, and I'm not going to say that I'm not and that I don't have these privileges, but disability rights is an extremely, especially like a feminist angle, extremely white, privileged woman thing, and disability justice is kind of this queer person of color answer to it where instead of, we're going to give you a ramp, it's more like, yeah, that's that's great, Thanks for the ramp, mm-hmm. but what else are we going to do to make right. society a better place for like, yeah. everyone involved? So thank God for Lea Lakshmi, Pipsiana, somehow, Sina, because without her, and I used to read her zines in the 90s, too. She had this really awesome zine called Patty Smith, another zine called Sticks and Stones. She's been around forever. She is a, un, she, she's a wealth of knowledge and an amazing human, and... Hi, I'm going to look at the camera. If you have any, like, ability to get your hands on her books Dirty River, Care Work, or Tongue Breaker, along with any of her essays that are in, like, she's extremely anthologized, do it. Because you will, one, be a better person for it, and two, you might learn a fucking thing or two and stop, like, being an ableist piece of shit.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, so thankfully I read Dirty River and it landed in my lap right around the time that I was having all these health issues and it made me angry and it kept me alive because I could easily stay in bed. I could sleep all day. There's no such thing as too much sleep and there's no such thing as too much ibuprofen and there's no such thing as... Like and there's no such thing as downtime in like capitalist culture anyways, so even if I'm sleeping I'm like freaking out about the fact that I'm sleeping. Yeah, Uh, right, right. and I I mean I feel like I Watched a podcast that you had with uh, Sam the poet where you guys talked about working at Starbucks and first of all I don't even know what to say like all the shit you have to remember like and the amount of Jeff Bezos style capitalism that goes into working at a place like that No offense Starbucks, hey. <laughs> um, It really made me think about this idea of you know what it's like too Like I feel like a lot of people who have worked these jobs that are Yeah, okay, so you're working for Starbucks, you're not like working for I don't know a fast food restaurant or whatever, but you are—you are totally yeah. doing the same fucking right, yeah. thing. And the fact that like Starbucks somehow has a little bit more pull than anyone working for like Taco Bell is also really fucked up to me. And that's part of capitalism and like classism itself. Yeah. But I thought about you guys watching that podcast because I'm like, y'all know. Oh yeah, it's so, and it, it's you totally... know it's like getting up at like four thirty in the morning, oh, yeah. getting to work by five yeah. thirty, working floppins, all that shit. Oh, yeah. And that should not be how society treats the people that run the, I mean, we're the people that keep the establishment going Mm. and there's no time to heal.
0: Right. Yes. Um, I think you, uh, you hit it spot on when you're saying you, when you're sleeping so much, you feel guilty about sleeping. And I think what's been so instilled in us is this hyper competitiveness Mm -hmm. You know this, this sense of um, you know—it's—it's it's like a, you know that that, that hyper competitiveness wouldn't be there if we weren't taught so much that you know we have to uh, you know be engaging in behaviors that are going to uh, like generate us some kind of like um, profit or productivity or that we're only worth what we can produce. Mm-hmm. You know the whole proletariat, uh, uh, concept. Like, it's it is fucked. And Starbucks, like, I mean, as far as corporations go, they gave us benefits that they do. better better benefits than many corporations do. But it is still very
1: it's corporate it, shit.
0: Yeah, you know, it's still hyper. It's still very routine based. Yep. Corporate structure where you still have to like. You know, you still kind of have to put on this um, this facade of being, a, you know, a cog in the system. Yep. Um, which is why after Starbucks, I I kind of like refuse to ever work for a corporation again. I only want to work for like small businesses mm-hmm. that actually like allow me to be myself for one. That
1: is. <laughs> trust me, as someone who works for a. Nonprofit like that now, it is a blessing oh, and a dream, yeah. and a I, yeah. I just, I wish that more jobs could just treat us like humans. Oh right,
0: yeah, because it's like you're you're basically you're you're looked at as, um, you're expendable based on the value you provide mm-hmm. for you know that corporation that company mm-hmm. to generate profit.
1: Isn't expendability
0: great? Isn't oh, it's it nice fantastic. to know that you can
1: be replaced at literally any second? Oh, it's delightful. Oh, it's. So
0: cool. I I love being looked Mwah. at. I love being looked at like a sheep. You know. Uh, <laughs> um, Damn. Yeah, like.
1: It's when, okay. It's just really fun being shit on. It's yeah. awesome.
0: Right, and.
1: It's not even like fat life. It's just like fucking like life.
0: Well, I imagine like also. Especially for somebody of your caliber that deals with um, disability, it's like you know you're you're only you know they like preach that you're being taken care of, but you're only accommodated to such an extent.
1: You're on eggshells so often being disabled, and I'm not just talking about myself. I just I read it all the time. I see it all the time. I see it in the eyes of some of my coworkers, and I work for. I won't say where because. Whatever I speak for myself, and I also wouldn't want like people you know who hired me, like, right? Like, yeah, or loco. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right. but for real, um, being treated well by an employer and being seen as a full person and not just the productivity. If more businesses could have this model of being able to have a work-life balance. Um, being able to take care of yourself and your loved ones. Like, my partner's uh, grandmother recently passed away, and then his father recently passed away, like, in the span of a month. And being able to, as someone who is not legally married to my partner, who is... I got hired under four months ago. And to have my place of employment be like, we will accommodate you to be there for the person you love and care about, and their family. I'd never experienced that before, even at Planned Parenthood, and I loved my job at Planned Parenthood. Shout out to the fucking Marquette. <laughs> oh, Starbucks, too, because well before you worked there, I used to go there to get myself a coffee oh, on nice. my way to work at the Planned Parenthood on 22nd in Wisconsin. Oh, word, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there's some history Mult- there. Multiple, yeah. multiple years and yeah. multiple trips to Starbucks, so thank you. Mm-hmm. But for real, I wish that more place of employment would realize that you would have a better morale if you care about your employees and not just say that you care yeah, about yeah. them but that you actually do something that you're accommodated that you're just
0: seen as a human being with with um, variable needs to mm-hmm. the next person it's like we're all we all have different you know uh, yeah. ways of you know we all have ways of different li- of ways of life you know yeah. different things that Exactly. we need in order to, you know, f- properly function as human beings. And, like... God, yeah. I... I can't say that enough.
1: I mean, it's... But, yeah. yeah and uh, apologies that I joke about stuff a lot. It's kind of like this weird... Oh, humor. it's humor. Oh, i Oh, my God. I'm the same way. Like, it's I, not. <laughs> I...
0: I come from an extremely sarcastic family. We, same. We're very ironic. Very ironic. Yeah. So, I... I, uh, I think that uh, you and I, um, I, I think that we, uh, you know, perceive uh, the system and our ways of coping, uh, coping mechanisms mm. in, a, in a similar way. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, in the same way people like to, you know, use self-deprecating mm-hmm. humor as a, as a comfort, as a self-comforting mechanism. It's, it's like, also
1: comforting for other people, too, to know yeah. that they're not in this, like, shithole by themselves. Right. Like, and that's really awesome. Like, I was joking about the idea, and I hate this, so I am going to preface this with it's a TM, it's a joke, and it's also, it's a fucking joke. Uh, being a fat femme, you have to, like, have this certain personality that I've noticed on the internet is actually fat girl personality, which offends the fucking shit out of me, because... I'd be funny even if I was, like, fucking 75 pounds lighter. I would be this person no matter what my weight is. Right. But, oh, there's this fat girl personality. Oh, she's so funny. Oh, whatever. Like, yeah, I guess I'm trying to accommodate people and make them like me more because... Clearly, you're not going to be attracted to me. You're only going to love me for, like, my personality. Well, it's putting you in a box. It's totally putting Excuse And it's putting so many people in a box. I feel as a fat person and seeing so many of my friends who are also people of size or people who perceive themselves to be people of size, to feel like their self-worth is only either their sexuality or their sense of humor. And honestly, those are two great things. Those are two of my pieces of, like, I'm fucking awesome, I'm fucking hilarious, and I'm a good lay. That's great. (laughs) But the fact that self-deprecating humor especially affects people who probably internalize that the world was not here for us, that sucks. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to be the funny, bubbly, stupid human I am because... This is just who I am and that's... You're great at it. And I I, <laughs> I you.
0: like you a lot for it. <laughs> Thank you. You're that welcome. means a lot. For sure. Um, no, I, for I, I real. Think it's great. Yeah.
1: Um, but it is, it's it like all goes into this whole like these boxes of being the have not. Like, you're not what society finds attractive. You're not what society finds profitable. You're not what society finds um, worthy. And I think that's bullshit. Oh, okay. Because we bullshit, are yeah. all Even the people who are treating us as the cogs in the wheels, in one way or another, and I'm saying this is woo woo, (laughs) fucking witchy Jew. Yeah. Everyone has a heart. It's if they're using it or not. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. But we're all, we were all innocent kids once. Like I remind myself of that all
0: the time. Oh yeah, hate is not an innate behavior. Mm. It's it's all it's learned. You know. Yeah. like, hateful beliefs or um, or problematic behavior, that's all learned. Yep. Um, uh, when you're talking about disability rights versus disability mm-hmm. justice, that made me think about how, like, really, like, the whole idea of challenging privilege um, is challenging the inconvenience mm-hmm. uh, of which you are so accustomed to, especially myself as white, cisgender mostly heterosexual mm-hmm. male like white like be, especially being white like you yeah know, like that's something that you not uh, you and i can obviously like mm-hmm. uh relate that like you know yes. we have to stand aside pass the mic, move along mm-hmm. and also just stay silent when when a particular issue just doesn't mm-hmm. pertain to us and just Listen more than yep. speak, use our own voice. Sit your ass down? Sit our ass down. Yep. Correct, yes. Um, something that um, I've been reflecting a lot in the last year um, from doing this show, how much I've learned how to do. Uh, sort of, this show has been a great catalyst for myself to undo and unlearn a lot of those behaviors that, you know, I've just, you know, where my privilege has benefited me, mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, I am want to, like, use this platform as a way to, you know, lend that voice to those that mm-hmm. I want to hear from. But it's also just, you know, like, you realize as you do it more is, like, I realize how I have less and less things to say the more and more people I talk to from different communities. Yep. And it's, like, and it's kind of, like, great.
1: Because it, it's learning? great learning.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's fucking great. Because it's, like, I... Finally, like, am actually, like, something that I may not have understand or something I never would have thought of that, like, I might, behaviors I might have engaged in mm. that I didn't even realize for like, you know, like, you know, uh, like, just not, not conducive to yep. uh, making others feel included or inclusive. Like, especially, like, you know, I cover, so I freelance right on the music scene. Mm. And mm. something that we talk about a lot is just how there's just a lot of all male like white dudes that are in bands. So many dudes. There's so many dudes. There's so, ma- like, there are so many. Like there's so there's a ton. And, and I love some of those. Guys. Oh yeah, a lot of them are great Thanks musicians. I love them. But but it's like we see like so much about like well, you know it's like when I'm thinking about oh yeah like I love this band this band mm-hmm. this band I want to have them all on the show. It's like sure. Like, I'm sure there are, like, mm-hmm. by all means, they're probably all great dudes and great people to talk mm-hmm. to, but it's like, well, there's more than just, you know, all white cis men yep. that, you know, make our music scene what it is. Yep. And that's just the beauty of, like, what, you know, what we could be, you know, embracing as, as part agree. of our music scene. And so that's that's an example, is that, like...
1: Also, since you're talking about music... I just want to put a shout out on here. Right now, okay, if you have a chance, reach out to Habitat for Insanity. I've um, heard of them. Yeah. Please do, because my friend Amber is their uh, guitarist and lead singer, and she's amazing, awesome. and the whole band's amazing, and I think that if we're talking especially about a non-completely male-driven part of the especially River West music scene, mm-hmm. Habitat for Insanity oh, nice. is your go-to. Oh, good. So, please, I love y'all. Shout
0: out to Habitat for Insanity. I've heard of, I have heard of them. Um, They're spectacular. They're wanting to cover a show of theirs. But, yeah, like, it's just so, this show is a lot, like, doing this has just allowed me to just also reflect how, like, you know, there's, there will be a lot of times where it's like, you know, at this point I don't even feel inclined To talk about something that you know, I don't know about or that I mm-hmm. haven't experienced Shoes I haven't walked because yeah. it's not my place And I feel like it's this. Especially
1: white men Love to have opinions on things We love to We, we, we all do We love to have opinions on white things white people in general love to have opinions on things yeah. And that's really offensive and I say this as a white person Like how many books Are written by white people About like people who Are not white how many like white people, especially white cis people, write books about like people who are not straight or not cis mm-hmm. or obviously not white? We really need, as white people, shut up. Okay. And this is the person who's talking nonstop right now. Yeah. But seriously, y'all white folk, you know who you are because right. we're all white and we all know who right. we fucking are. We just need to put a. Shut the fuck up. We gotta put a
0: sock in it. Because, like, especially now. Like, especially now. Because, like, it's just been. I mean, and I say this because, like, as history continues to move forward and, you know, such oppressions still have much work Mm -hmm. to be done, have not been undone yet. Like, we're still residually, you know. Um, while there might be legislation that says this, it's like we're still mm-hmm. sociologically dealing with the residual effects of, you know, like oppressions that mm-hmm. are like included, like including but not limited to, you know, slavery, segregation, mm-hmm. Jim Crow, like stuff like that. You know, the, look at the city we live in. Like, yeah. We
1: are the most segregated city in America. Yes. And there I think about this. Especially because you also cover the music scene. You know. Depending on where you are, we are incredibly fucking segregated within the music scene, too. Especially within punk rock. We are so fucking white. It is so upsetting. When I first uh, went to a punk show in Chicago, it was in Pilsen, and I was one of the few white folks there. I did not speak Spanish. Most of the talent most of the attendees were Latinx I was completely out of my element right I probably did the best that I could to not be a complete asshole and I probably still was because I was still kind of young sort of yeah. Uh, yeah. but Milwaukee doesn't have that and that freaks me out oh my
0: God like think about where our venues are they're either here in River West mm-hmm. in Bayview ah! in Walker's Point or downtown.
1: Also, let's talk about the fact that Bayview and Walkers Point used to be uh, Latinx enclaves and River West actually was a Puerto Rican enclave for a really long time. River West has a long, beautiful history of Puerto Rican neighbors and us white folk have completely fucked that up.
0: Gentrification.
1: Gentrification. Also, any chance you get, go to Pueblo Foods. Get yourself some food at the counter. It's good. Also, coffee makes you black. Really? Yes, coffee makes you black. Seriously, please go there. Because with all of the construction that's going on... They almost went out of business. They almost went out of business. And please support local, black-owned, people of color-owned businesses. Because, like, I love fuel... But it's fuel. It's going to be here forever. Right. It's
0: convenient. It's convenient for us because it's right fucking there. Exactly. You know, like... So
1: please, uh, <laughs> Bubby says, support people of color-owned businesses, support black-owned businesses, support people in your community who don't look like you. Yes. And I'm saying that to white people. I don't, yep. I don't really... That's that's who it's oh, yeah. directed at.
0: just, you know, and like... Really? And
1: it's also super really? awkward as two white folks sitting here being like, oh, fucking do this thing, but fucking do this thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I, like, at the end, like, it's, it's the least that we can do yeah. as folks that still, like, are going to benefit from privilege. Exactly. And it's like, you know, I, I was, um, and I was also, like, reading about, uh, this, this article recently, um it was talking about how, like, black folks, you know, um, they, they kind of, like, make fun of the fact that, like, a lot of the loudest voices when it comes to trying to, like, call out and point out, like, offensive things are often white people <gasps> that are vir- that are virtue—that are really just trying to
1: look—that are trying to, like, look woke. Oh, my God. The <laughs> fact that—okay. This really pisses me off too, because even the idea of the verb woke, that's not our verb. Right. That was, is A V E and that is seriously fucked up when white folks who are doing this weird fucking tokenizing, like talking over people of color, like trying to be that fucking white savior. Right. Please fucking stop.
0: That white savior is in the Please
1: huge. fucking stop.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and I'm guilty of it in the
0: past, too. Alright, we all... Please yeah.
1: fucking stop. As am
0: I. Like, the... And the best thing that we can do to counter that while still, you know, doing the best we can mm-hmm. is to ask our, yeah. our POC brothers and sisters yep. and non-binary folk that, yep. you know, just asking what they need from us, asking what... What they, like, what really are, like, the true mm-hmm. issues that they want our, that they need our assistance yeah, with in, exactly. in in dealing with. Rather than, you know, jumping on that, that tokenizing bandwagon over, like, Oh, fuck you! This is racist! Or this is, you know, this is, like, fucking offensive! But it's like, a lot of them don't even care that much. And
1: it's so weird, too, because it's like... I feel like a lot of, and this is totally generalizing, but a lot of the white, especially like activist anarchist folks who talk for and therefore over uh, POC, not just people, but their whole communities, yeah. don't even hang out with people of color. Right. And that's yeah. so fucked up. Yeah. And Milwaukee is segregated. I fucking know that. hmm so, I get that there is this weird, almost, like, barrier that you have to traverse mm-hmm. to be in spaces that are, and I hate to use the term integrated, but I guess that's what we're going to call it for right now, because we are so segregated, and that's what really? it Yeah, be. For sure. The fact that so many of people who are, people that look like me, who are talking and therefore over people of color who actually don't hang out with people of color is just fucking mind-blowing to me, but also that's, like, this weird part of, like, being white, and I hate it. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a, it's that sense of where we're, we were taught to gravitate towards people that look like us mm-hmm. because it's, like, we sense... There's some sort of sense of familiarity with it, but it's, like, you know, we need to, like, learn how to undo that and actually, Yeah, it's like, really engage. because
1: we're, uh, like... At least for right now, and I can't wait for it to change. We're still the dominant, like, societal, I guess, motivating factor. Like, we're the people that, I don't know, advertising is sure. like, oh. we're, we're the marketing people. Yeah, and the. We're, what were you gonna say? Oh, yeah. what I was gonna say though is the whole idea of, like, Get outside your fucking self and Mm -hmm. stop being like that white guy or that white woman or that white person because It's not helping anything and also for the love of Christ in movements that are being led by people of color whitey shut up and let people of color lead and Like you said ask what you can do as the dominant paradigm the person of privilege and also if someone tells you all they want is for you to shut up (laughs) shut up yeah and i could have learned that earlier too and i didn't so i'm an asshole too and i'm working on it
0: so am i so am i many of us are um and and that's and that's okay, you know. We're we're imperfect human beings that are constantly evolving, and it's, it's so just, much fun being imperfect
1: too. It, it, you know, it, it's in this, but it's also fucked up. Oh yeah,
0: well, it it was like kind of what we were saying earlier. Like it feels great to learn and to hear rather than to feel. It also puts less pressure on yourself to feel like. You need to say the right thing. Mm -hmm. You're doing yourself a lot of favors by just not talking and just Mm -hmm. passing the mic to somebody who has a lived experience that you can't speak to. Exactly. Um, That's a really beautiful thing, and that is how you learn and grow. Um, And I owe it a lot to, you know, getting out of the East Side Mm -hmm. bubble and living in River West. and. Traversing to You're so
1: welcome here too. Welcome, hey. welcome.
0: Yeah, it's a. Oh my god, it's great.
1: I know, it's, it's great. Like I love it on here. On and off for 16 years, basically on less off. It's amazing. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Except it's also super gentrified, it's, and yeah. we're all fucking it up. But we still it's have home. problems. It's, yeah. it's fucking home.
0: We still we still have a lot of issues. Um, but you know, it's been great to traverse to many different venues to. Talked to so many different kinds of artists, you know, of many different backgrounds that all call Mm -hmm. Milwaukee home, that are all working towards this collective goal of putting our city on the map. Mm -hmm. Like really embracing just such talented soul that we have here in the Cream City, and it's it's been a real real honor to uh, to you know be to do what I can to contribute um, to help our voices Mm -hmm. being heard and and I'm and I like these are really really important and also just great conversations to be having um, so like uh, so thank you too for being yes. as loud for being loud and for taking up your been space I've never more
1: happy to be so loud and obnoxious please, for real thank you
0: please keep doing it
1: <laughs> I don't know how to stop now I'm Good. At 37 next year I'm just going to keep being loud and obnoxious until I die there you go
0: Also, so uh, you, I want to actually ask you because it's something that I've always been curious about ever since I learned it was a thing. Tell me about sword swallowing.
1: Okay, so um, once upon a time in River West, there was kind of a punk rock anarchist circus underbelly. There was a troupe called the uh, Bruzercus that my wonderful friend Eric was a part of. And it was super integral in, like, my idea of what anarchism was. Like, anarchism was, like, this extremely, like, expressive and performative thing. It wasn't just, like, reading Howardson. So the Circus kind of moved away for a while. And then they came back, but not all of them. And I started hanging out with my friend Eric, who was... Eric Bang, who I love to bits and pieces, who's kind of like our MC, and I always like to joke that I don't have a physical gag reflex, and I don't. Like, I am not one of those people that when they brush their teeth, they get, like, nauseous. Uh, Really nothing nauseates me except smells and the idea of smells. Uh, So it was really easy for me to jump to... And because I was an idiot at the time, and I didn't think about, like, my health. (laughs) I was like oh I don't have a physical gag reflex well I'm not really good at being a clown like I'm funny but I'd have to talk to be funny what can I do that is uncomfortable and you know really like revolutionary if I guess swallowing a sword of your own. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. and it turns out because I don't have that physical gag reflex I was like oh shit I can swallow swords, and I was traveling, I was doing the uh, sugar beet harvest, which is a thing, it's a crusty rite of passage, Uh, you go to either Moorhead, Minnesota, or uh, Grand Forks, North Dakota, and you work on the sugar beet pilers, and you get, like, donked in the head with these mutant sugar beets that, like, the American Crystal Company, like, makes... The sugar that you see at like Ma Fisher's, like on your table, like in the packets. Yeah. That's what you do, and you either live in a hotel or you live in a tent, and it's just like it's super duper like transient and crusty. And I was like super duper transient and crusty, so whatever. <laughs> but I was also super duper out of gag reflex, so we were traveling, and we went to I think it was like a dollar store in Grand Forks, North Dakota. And it was around Halloween, so I bought a child's, like, you know, sword about, like, that long. And I'm like, I can swallow this. And like, the, the sword is, like, this long. maybe mm. And in one fell swoop around the campfire, I was able to cram a plastic children's sword down my throat, no problems, to the, like, jaw-dropping awe-inspire of, like, everyone that I was traveling with. And my friend Eric was like, basically, you've got a future in Circus Sideshow. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So, we got back to River West after traveling. And I was really, really fucked up at this point. Like, I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't on my psych meds. I was like, in a really bad place emotionally, but I also was like, I'm going to do this thing that a lot of people can't do. Like, if you look it up online, a lot of people can't do this thing, because most people have gag reflexes that will not let them shove metal down into their stomach. I am not one of those people. Actually, that's not true. I am now, because I have acid reflux, because I'm old. But at the time, sure, yeah. I, um, there was a Asian like artifact store at I think Grand Avenue. Yeah, Grand Avenue. Where I got a sword that was, I think, 16 inches long, minus the you know, obviously the handle, and um, we dulled the blade because, like, there used to be this circus side show called the Jim Rose Circus Side Show in the 90s, and Jim Rose could swallow swords, and he's like, Yeah, you know, like, it's jarring to see someone swallow like. 14 inches of metal. Anyways, it doesn't need to be sharp to do so. So we filed it down and I was able to get that thing down my throat and into my stomach and Mm -hmm. I did this for about six months but then I started I Started seeing someone who I really wanted to save me and part of that saving was Okay, I won't swallow swords anymore, and I really do I thank him for what he did to get me to a point where I could like Have a full-time job and like like I didn't want to die and I wanted to take care of myself But really for six months. I was doing like these really cool things. I also helped build a bed of nails um, I performed at some shows I performed at the River West Follies the first River West Follies in 2006 and We won an award oh. and it was called the quacky Uh, because I guess we quacked some people up. Um, But that was my kind of foray into Circus Sideshow was I don't have a cat reflex, and I don't have fear. So I will do this thing that's probably not very healthy and kind of dangerous, but it looks cool.
0: Did you enjoy doing it?
1: I did. I really did. Um, I'm kind of bummed that I stopped. But the cool thing is um, if any of... Y'all watching this or listening to this know who uh, Titano Oddfellow is. Um, He is also a circus performer who did a lot of stuff in Milwaukee. He has my old swallowing sword. Oh wow. So when he learned how to swallow swords, it was because of my sword. Oh wow, that's cool. So, um, but he had to like practice and learn how. I just had the muscle memory to be like, nothing makes me puke. (laughs) So. That's what I did. Interesting.
0: I was always curious about how, like, that, uh, just how that, you know, one could do that in such a way that is
1: non-harmful or, like, Oh, it's harmful. So many people (laughs) who might even try will probably get, like, an abscess from, like, cutting, like, their throat or their stomach. It's not smart. It's not dumb, either. Like, if you could do it, fucking do it. It's fucking cool. But it's not smart.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah. Interesting. Um,
1: yeah, like uh, I, I never went to the circus growing up really, actually. Well the good news is is that any circus that you could have gone to would not have had like sword swallowers or like crust punks like eating glass. So you didn't miss much. Well that's good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I never like understood like is like are circuses like are they are they like beneficial?
1: I think the idea of the actual, like, circus, like, what comes to town, like, Barnum and Bailey or whatever, where you're, like, basically holding animals prison, and once again, it goes back to this idea of capitalism and greed, no, I think that's really horrible. Right. But if it's, like, this weird, like, performance art, and almost, like, leaning towards, like, kind of, like, sexy, sensual, like, I don't know. It was cool oh yeah <laughs> it was really sure.
0: cool that's cool i um yeah actually uh do you know who katie cadaver is I, I do she, yeah. yes katie yeah she was on the show i've almost. seen
1: her perform oh yeah she was spectacular. the
0: the just bringing a burlesque uh yep. element to it is is pretty fucking awesome
1: and that is what is so cool because um so what i was doing uh brew city circus and scrappy sideshow became dead man's carnival oh, so though yeah. i'm not part of dead man's carnival I am in one way or another part of its history, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. Very nice. All right, Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> Man, I'm feeling that for Loco. Dude, you and me both.
0: Yeah. Can right. I call you, dude? Yes, you, yes, uh, of course. Perfect. I am dude. I'm the dude. <laughs> me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, uh, wonderful conversation about. It's been amazing. River West about you know the the. Uh, you know the state of of um, our neighborhood, but also like what we can do better. You know, I, I think that we covered a lot of great.
1: I ground. think we did too. I'm very happy to be here. Good. Thank you for having me, Ben.
0: I had a lot of fun. Um, so tell me, B, mm-hmm. what keeps you up at night?
1: Uh, the existential dread of the fact that my cat won't stop meowing.
0: The cat not meow stop won't stop he meowing. Will not
1: stop. He's the worst. I love yeah. him.
0: What's your cat's name?
1: His name is Dr. Voidberg.
0: Oh, Dr. Voidberg. He goes,
1: by, <laughs> he goes by boy.
0: Oh, nice. That's good. Yeah, right. Well, that's good. Yeah. Like um, cats sometimes. pets. Not good cats. Yeah, they can be restless. I saw one. Yeah, they can be restless sometimes, though. Mm. What puts you to sleep, though?
1: Uh, ASMR. <laughs> ASMR.
0: What's your go to sound?
1: Uh, crinkles. Crinkling plastic, crinkling mm. paper. Oh, it's so good. That's an interesting one. Yeah,
0: for sure. That's. Don't e- make
1: people talk, though. It's just gotta be sounds. Fuck your fucking play, like, weird, like, role plays. Sounds only.
0: Sounds, o- yeah. Sounds only. We only fuck with sounds. We
1: only fuck with sounds. Thank
0: you for being on the show. Thank
1: you for having I me. I had a ton of fun.
0: Um, so, remember, uh just don't talk when you don't need to talk, and just, you know, pass, don't talk. pass the mic. Just really, just listen to what. Sit the fuck down, Whitey. Sit, sit down. I'll sit down with you because I am you, and I will do. But just think about, like, (laughs) just really, just instead of like speaking for people, just ask them what they need from you. You know, that's 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 what we
1: can do. This guy knows. You know. We know. We know. We know. Shalom.
0: Shalom. Shabbat shalom. Yes. Thank you for watching, Mister Nice Guy, and we'll see you next time. Nice guy.